0: Hello everybody and welcome to Bruvagoon. you will not get there on a road bike. Or probably you need a road bike to get there, but you need also something else, some other tools, some other technical and virtual things. But probably you will not get there on a mountain bike or a gravel bike. Okay, I don't want to confuse you, you're gonna know more about that, just bear with me another couple of seconds. Let's start from the clear and super well-known things and I'm talking about my contacts, yes, hello at calamaro.cc, that's my email, and then there is the Twitter, read calamaro, and then Instagram, calamaro.cc, that is exactly the same as my Facebook page, calamaro.cc as well, and this episode that are running in Spreaker, then they are running as well on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Spotify, wherever. Just look up for Broom Vagoon or Broom Vagon and everything is gonna be as smooth as butter. This kind of really good salty butter that you are putting on your bread and on top of it you're putting some avocado and chocolate. Sorry people, it's early in the morning and I still didn't get my breakfast and my caffeine dose of today probably. It's not enough. Yes, it's not enough. Well, I want to mention something else, just please don't forget that the 15th of April is gonna happen the La Resistance, no, it's La Resistente, yes, because La Resistance is something that they have done already, but in France, La Resistente is something that is gonna happen in Cesena. And you are getting this one, and just go on all the social media, on Facebook, La Resistente, and there is a website, just look in the Google for La Resistente and you will see there, and just remember the 15th of April I'm gonna be in Cesena helping you with the subscription, signing up for the race, and yeah, just welcome you with some food and some drinks in my hands. So go there, have a look to everything and please take part of it and give me an i five when you see me there. What else I want to see? Yeah, uh, I want to just to ask you also a small tip. I just want to have a recommendation for you. I uh, probably, super soon, you're going to know more probably next week about it or the week after. But I'm going to take part to an event. So it's a long ride and probably I will need to bring with me also a bicycle bag, a saddle bag to be to be actually precise, because I need something where to put inside all my clothing or whatever because it's going to be a long ride and probably it's going to be raining and so you need something to exchange. I need something to change my clothing. So, which bicycle bag Do you suggest me, people? I need to buy a new one and I need to be also pretty, pretty, pretty fast because the event is gonna happen in the beginning of May. You're gonna know more about that. Just something not huge, not big, that obviously I want to attach to my 3T Explorer. Yes, because 3T is still with me, is completely with me, and it's gonna come with me in this long adventure between um, normal tarmac and gravel, and that's gonna be amazing. And I would say that that's it for today, also because the episode that I recorded last week, it's pretty, pretty, pretty long. I can tell you that it's gonna be an interview to my good friend Riz, that just jumped in another amazing adventure, he came back working from um, Canyon, and actually started an e-racing team. on uh, on Swift, obviously. And please listen to that and please stay with us till the end of this episode because he has also an amazing message to Brady Lawrence. Brady, hi, we are talking about you as well in this episode. Just bear with us till the end of the episode. For now, just start and go with the flow. Kind of a deja vu because exactly one year ago, I'm talking about 27th of February, 2018, I was talking exactly with the same guy over there, and actually, because I've talked with him a lot of times, and especially that time on the microphone, and because we have written them together a couple of times, and blah, 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 I know, actually, his name, but I'm going to make mistakes anyways. Hi, Riz, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty, pretty good, and I'm pretty, pretty happy to have you again in this podcast, from a diff- completely different location we didn't have our classic coffee as we have done a lot of times there in berlin because now i'm in
1: zurich yep. but
0: we are still there so exactly well no
1: personally i'm i am just utterly honored to be invited back mm. um you know you think it's just uh, kind of like a one-time chance of a lifetime kind of thing but um it's 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 amazing to be able to come back and talk about something kind of completely different so
0: that's the point yeah that's the point because uh, so i was saying before that actually if there is a constant over there is that you are still in berlin and probably you still have a cold right
1: yeah yeah i mean uh i but i guess though when we were talking last time the weather was completely different i don't want to be the classic brit who talks about the weather but seriously it's it's cold, but it's ridiculously sunny at the moment.
0: So I remember last year that we started the con- something like a revival episode. Um, I was talking with you in something like our classic chitty-chatty that are doing, we are doing before the interview. and You were telling me, man, it's super cold. I just arrived home with the bike. Let me put on top of my shoulders a blanket or <laughs> two blankets because I'm freezing cold. Then I'm going to take a hot tea and then we can talk. because i'm getting a cold
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i'm i'm definitely there is no blanket on me today um there's always a cup of tea so i mean i'm very british in that sense but uh yeah it's 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 ridiculous the weather at the moment so i mean i went i went for a ride this morning and i was almost thinking that i didn't even need to have long bib shorts on um so yeah, it's kind of crazy at the moment.
0: I got actually out in the lunch break before something like with, okay, arm warmers that they just took out after five seconds. And I got something like three quarter beeps, uh, the one from Giro I added today. So yeah, also here weather is amazing. But tomorrow, it seems like tomorrow is going to rain and next week is going to snow here. Oh, really? Yep. So that's why I needed to take advantage of today.
1: Maybe that's going to happen here, but I haven't looked at the weather forecast. Maybe I don't want to now.
0: Don't do it. Okay. Don't do it. Yeah, as I was saying, so not so many constants. So the only constant is which actually you are still based in Berlin. Also because last year after our talk, after a couple of days of our chat, I was flying to Mallorca, thing that I'm not doing this year. Also because last year I've been there twice or three times. And uh, uh, at that time, actually, you were doing a lot of stuff but not exactly what you're doing right now then I moved here to Zurich or whatever so the only constant is that you are still living in Berlin but everything changed so what happened in this year in the middle between one interview and the other
1: Um, well I guess the other constant I would say is we're we're both still riding bikes Um, yes
0: yes you know that I'm planning to buy a new one you got three or four
1: more since then right (laughs) Uh, yeah I mean Maybe I can't. I, it depends. No, yeah, I got. I have another two more. I have another two uh, canyon bikes. I have the Grail, or the gravel bike and the in-flight, the cyclocross bike. Okay, okay. So I'm completely ready for any off-road riding now. Mm-hmm.
0: And also on-road bike because you still have your amazing Garrod.
1: Exactly the love of my life. I mean, apart yes. from my girlfriend. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't let her listen to that.
1: She's she will listen to it now. So Rosie, if you're listening. I love
0: you more. okay, okay, okay. Stop this is kind of a cliche, you know, that our self cyclist we love our bicycle more than our girlfriends. Actually, my girlfriend she's not completely convinced that I love her more than my bicycle, <laughs> also because I actually I have one room that is the room where I'm recording right now that is full filled of bicycles and she still believes that I can put them in the cellar. No way. No. But yeah, no, no. No, no, no. This still needs to, here, to be here in front of myself. I have to watch at them and admire them all the time.
1: Yeah. That's, that sounds, sounds like heaven. Yes, yes, yes.
0: I got actually a new bicycle as well since when we... Started. Because last year when we talked, I had something I can't on the, on, the, on the wall. My unknown, the fixed gear bike that I sold before uh, coming here to Zurich. I didn't, need, I didn't have the need of getting um, uh, a fixed gear bicycle. I really don't have it. So right now I have my 3T, the, my new 3T Explorer for the gravel rides. So gravel is the thing this year.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, so this winter, I'd say just gone. I mean, we should still be in winter, but um, it was the first time I'd ever done like a uh, cyclocross racing mm-hmm. and absolutely just fell in love with 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 cyclocross. Um, and it was really fun to do something which was completely new. There's a whole new skill set, which I was yes. completely useless at. I didn't know how to jump on the bike, didn't know how to really like, carrier how to unclip and jump over stuff and that made that whole process of learning all of those things made me really fall in love with um spe- specifically cyclocross but i'd say broader you know cycling in general um so that ties into you know you're not doing a cyclocross race every weekend but you might do like a gravel off-road ride and uh for me it's 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 awesome and that's when you realize that berlin is actually hilly Um, because when you're riding off-road there's a lot of a lot of little hills which keep you entertained and really tough so i um i applaud you having the uh free tea on that one
0: uh it's it's lovely it's one of the best bicycles i've ever ridden the 3t explorer is really amazing i've done a lot of gravel rides on that and as well i've done the la resistance we were talking about that right yeah. um last year in september when i got my emotional crash and uh, yeah my breakdown and i stopped and i started walking but over there actually i think that it was something 30 like percent 20 30 percent was gravel and the other way the all the other part of the ride was on road and with my byway uh, wtb byway I've done something like, I don't know, 40 k's per hour, 42 k's per hour without any problem on mm-hmm. the flat. So aero biking, wow, it's amazing.
1: That's awesome.
0: And it's not, uh, it's a good thing to say to somebody who is actually um, representative of the Canyon industry, sorry, in the Canyon business, but sorry for that. The 3 is really good. But I believe that also the Grail is really good.
1: The Grail is fantastic. As you know, from my uh, ride across uh, Germany um, that's true but I mean like it's I know that obviously I work for Canyon but it's like other people have other bikes and I think the important thing is generally that just people love love their bike and like riding what particular brand you have is kind of irrelevant in the end so
0: I'm completely with you I'm completely really with you because it's also it's not a matter so okay um we can actually take these two paths or you are a great fanboy something like a supporter of a brand and then you are buying everything of that or whatever or you are somebody you like to explore other things at the end a bicycle is only a bicycle we are not like um football supporters and stuff that you love one thing and you will always do uh, love this thing and this is this matter with the brands on the bicycle first of all with the experience that you got with the bicycle and on the typology of bicycle that you are riding because uh, for example i was always in love with fixed gear bicycle then i moved to the road bicycle now i've been riding the gravel and i am sure especially because I'm living here in Zurich that tomorrow is going to be mountain biking. Yeah, sure. So, that's <laughs> nice. the
1: Variety is the spice of life, as they say.
0: Yes, it's true. It's true. Can I ask you a question that is completely off topic of the talk that we are going to have today, but because actually with our talk, let's say we touch this point and I would like to know something from somebody who, who have written the both of them. Can you really tell me that um, what for amateurs like us, even if you are doing also a road of races and stuff, which one is the different of feeling and the different of topology of topologies of ride that you are, that you can do between a grail and the in flight, because this is something that that completely blows my mind. I really think that probably maybe it's a bit less comfortable the grade is a bit more comfortable with the in-flight is a bit more nervous and fast maybe for shorter rides or whatever but do you think that one actually can substitute the other one for winter rides off-road stuff or they're really specific for two different words
1: um i mean if you want to do general off-road riding then you really could use either of them um okay so i've done uh, I've done on the grail. I've done obviously long distance riding. So the ride I did from uh, Canyon to Raffa across Germany That was 670 kilometers on gravel roads That was really the perfect bike um, for that um, the It's a mixture of kind of the the geometry you, you have the 40 mm tires, which is super um, comfortable um, the X1, um, bay tires themselves are actually really fast when you're on a kind of the smooth tarmac. Um, but obviously that wider profile is perfect for when you're on some, um, looser surfaces. Um, mm-hmm. it's the way I describe the, the grail really is that it's like a tank as in, that it's, it's totally solid. Um, it can kind of handle anything that you throw at it. I mean, I've also uh raced on it um so before i had the inflight i was um racing some of the cross races on the grail and it was perfect for that but you realize that it's just not as agile and nimble and and sprightly um as as the inflight um and you know that's cuz it's actually not designed for for racing in that way but it can do it um so the inflight is really like it's 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 really light nimble and uh it's just so fun to, to, to race on, um, and just ride really fast. Um, and I've had just, just so much fun riding, uh, well, both bikes, but I think out of the two, my, my, my preference is definitely the in-flight. I think that's the more, just because I think I've had more fun on it, but if I was again going to do a long distance ride, I would then switch over to the, to the grail basically. Um, but I'd say it's mainly from a comfort standpoint and just knowing that it can handle everything that you throw at it, basically.
0: Okay, makes completely sense. You know, during the Torres de Gravel, um, Canyon was named sponsors of, where were you, by the way?
1: I, well, I wasn't, I wasn't working for Canyon at that point. I was still oh, okay. having my, my break. So, very sadly, I did not, did not get an invite. I had to um, experience um, the Torres de Gravel vicariously um, from, my, uh, from my sofa. Uh, it looked like an absolute blast from from everyone who went there.
0: It was amazing. And then I'm going to complain directly with Bregan that didn't invite you.
1: Well, he, to be fair to Bregan, he did invite me. Uh-huh. Um,
0: so it's on you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the Canyon didn't invite me. So
0: uh-huh. So it's on Canyon.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, it's fine. I'll take the blame for it myself. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm not no, yeah okay no but yeah actually it was named sponsor so most of the people were riding the grail but i was there with one of the first experience of my 3t so i wanted to taste um, gravel in mallorca with my 3t but i'm a bit you know i wanted to try that and i missed the opportunity i'm feeling pretty yeah i'm gonna do it it's gonna happen i'm pretty sure it's gonna happen
1: you got it Uh, you gotta try it out i think it's it'll be quite a different experience i think from the from from the the 3t you think yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Now I want to try it out then, just to try to understand how it feels.
1: And I think also the other thing that I would say is that it's definitely worth trying to do it with sticking some bike bags on it um to try and do like a slightly longer ride. I mean, I think the your other bike would handle that pretty well, but I think it's one of the one of the parts where the Grail really comes into its own is that more touring side. At least that's what I've discovered.
0: Okay, okay. That's a great thing. Yeah, I think that I'm going to tell you because I think that I'm going to do... I was discussing with the guys that are organizing it just this morning. Uh, I'm going to do a tour from Munich to to Bolzen this year. 300 kilometers in one go. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to do it with with the 3T Explorer also because there are some, uh, yeah, there are some gravel sectors and whatever over there. But this is actually also exactly the thing because I think I'm going to
1: carry also some bags out of it or whatever. I'm going to check how it works. Sounds great. I look forward to following that. But I yeah. just, I'm really surprised that we are talking about riding outside.
0: I, you're right, you're right. Let's yeah. peek into it. So, the, yeah. sorry, sorry, Riz, you're right. It's just because when I start talking about cycling outdoors, especially with this sub there, I will never stop. And then we started talking about bicycle and whatever. Let's talk about something else. So, we were saying that something changed while we were talking last time. Because now you're working, I would say again, because before you were working for them before, for Canyon. And, actually, we all know your amazing, your great love for indoor cycling i remember once i was um uh, having larking probably but yeah following a conversation between you and chris all and uh, you were mentioning that at a certain point you wanted to do um an thing indoor so probably with a wahoo kicker or stuff like this so this is actually the passion that you're putting on indoor cycling and then at at now, if I know something not, not, not correct, just let me know, you still didn't have the opportunity of making an Everesting indoor, but indoor happened something else,
1: right? Correct, yeah. I guess um, I haven't done the Everesting indoors, which is more just be- out of fear, I think, um, personally. Uh it's quite it's quite a, quite an unterta- undertaking. Um so it's still on my plan to do it this this year. Um but yeah, I mean I've been I was riding on Zwift in the very beginning. I was on the closed beta, so just riding around in one tiny little loop on Jarvis Island. Um and then after that when they launched the the next island, I was uh, started doing some races. So actually I realized that there was this, uh, one of the guys who worked at Zwift, still does, Mike McCarthy. He did this thing and I saw it on Strava and it was like KISS. And I was like, what's this KISS thing? And so I dropped him a message and he said, oh, it's, it's a race. And I was like, oh, I didn't know there was racing on Zwift. And then back then you had to like, everyone had to meet a, a certain point, at a start line. And then you'd have to open up another window with the world clock on. And then, it would, and then when it got to the start time of the race, everyone would just start and there was no, no like official pen. There was no like official start. Everyone just started going. And okay. It was, it was very, um, 1.0, very just, uh, thrown together, but it was super fun. And so I've had that kind of, I don't know when that was, uh, probably 2015, 2016, I think 2016, um, was when I first did my, uh, I first did a race, and then from there I really had a real passion for doing racing on Zwift. Uh, it's an incredible workout. It's really fun. I found that from racing outside, there's actually quite a few similarities, more than most people probably think. And uh, I had this um, this idea to start a um, a proper team. So. There's lots of teams which already exist on Swift, but they're they're huge. There's loads of people on them. They're more like a club. And some people race and some people don't race. And, you know, some of these teams, they have about, you know, several hundred people on them. And I really wanted to try and recreate something which was a bit more like a, um, you know, a professional cycling team. Um, So I... I had the opportunity when I returned back to Canyon to kind of re-pitch this, you know, pitch this idea uh, of doing a uh, professional e-racing team. And I I feel that, you know, this year actually was the right year to kind of actually uh, do that. So much happens every year in Zwift. It keeps growing and growing and growing and more people are using it. Um, It kind of just fitted. So that's where I launched the... um, the Canyon ZCC. Um, ZCC that
0: stays for Swift Cycling Club.
1: Correct. Although when people ask, I normally give them a different answer. Tell me that. Uh, I normally, oh, I know. I, I would just come up with something random. Oh. Uh, it's it's interesting. People, I've seen a lot of conversations online with people going, what does the ZCC actually stand for? And then my instant reaction is to just not say Zwift Cycling Club because... Um, whilst that is the actual, uh, that's the truth. I feel like I always look for the opportunity to come with something more creative. So okay. So
0: yeah, um, whatever can happen. For example, can be I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I have here in front of me. Yeah, Zen um, conversation climax. Zen <laughs> climax conversation. For example.
1: I don't know. Is Zen is is Zen uh, Zen and climax? They seem like.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I, actually, the point is that I was checking actually what because there are not so many words with a Z in English at the end. No, not at all. Starting with Z because in Italian I can tell you I don't know a bunch of them. But mm-hmm. so I was checking here around and actually the software that we are using for the interview is Zencaster, so that's why I came out with Zen climax conversation. We can talk about Zen climax. For a long time, but probably the I think,
1: <laughs> I've opened Pandora's box on that one. I think uh, yes, yes, maybe tomorrow
0: somebody's going to make a podcast about Zen Zen Climax.
1: Could okay. be, it could be the next e-racing team. Um, no, yeah, I mean the 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 team itself is in many ways it resembles a professional cycling team that you would see in the World Tour. But on the flip side, I kind of consider it to be the most untraditional cycling team in the world i mean it's uh like a traditional team um we we have a squad of riders which is kind of limited in 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 size uh, we actually it's it's um mixed so we have uh five women and five men um and they they race in uh normally race in the same races but in different categories for, for men and for women um they're from all over the world so, i mean Nearly everyone is based in Europe, um, apart from one guy who we have based in um, New Zealand. Um, so we have riders from Germany, Sweden, Norway, uh, the Netherlands, Wales, England, uh, Belgium, yeah. Like, it's really uh, an amazing group of people from all over Europe and New Zealand. Um, we have our own, um, own uh, kits, uh, which we designed specifically uh, for the team. I love the,
0: the style, by the way. Sorry, if I oh, interrupt you. you, but the style is lovely.
1: Yeah, we wanted to do something which was kind of really going to um, stand out. Um, the the designer of the kit, Alton, he also designed um, the Canyon Shram Racing. That is amazing. Uh,
0: I think it's the best around, men and female really. Yeah. Well, men and women peloton is the best one, and this All is right. my personal opinion.
1: I mean, no, I totally agree with you. Um, So I would say, but definitely the, the Canyon ZCC kit is the best kit indoors. Yes. Uh, Okay. We we don't, we don't let the riders wear it outside. That's a step too far. Um, (laughs) They, so they, they get their kits. um, They, we provide them a bike. So all of the team get a bike like a, like a, a normal team. Um, uh we Wahoo um is a, also a sponsor of the team. So they provided them with a um with a kicker, they have a kicker headwind fan, they have a kicker climb, um ticker heart rate monitor, uh everything that they need to kind of um race to the highest level uh indoors. And then we, uh, the other sponsor is Noon, who provides uh, nutrition for the whole team. Um so that's there is no other e-racing team in the world who gets this kind of level of support um, from brands so for us it's really interesting to kind of experiment and and push things forward for what an e-racing team could and can be Um, but of course in many that's kind of where the similarities with the a traditional cycling team kind of end because of course the world of Zwift is completely different and Zwift racing is completely different and the riders themselves don't even need to you know race in the in the same room they're they're racing from wherever they are in the world um and so for, for us it's kind of it's really interesting to kind of try out different things with them and it's the same for myself um you know i kind of act when there's races going on i act as the ds so we have a race radio i call my sofa the team car and i sit on the sofa and i watch the races as they're happening and i um i'm able to kind of give uh feedback to the riders in real time about if someone attacks off the front like how many what kilograms are they doing what's their heart rate do i think that they can hold it um and then give them advice um so that they they can actually react so i mean i guess in in a traditional um if a traditional ds that person can't do that because they don't have access to that person's statistics but I mean, it's the same. I can go on Google and find out, like, oh, has this one, has this person run, won any races in in real life? Oh, he's a TT specialist. Okay. Um, you know, like, watch out because he's going to probably try and continue that effort. Um, so it's it's a real fusion of like a traditional role, but mixed in with like a technology, I guess. Yeah. And less diesel. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. Also because I th- I'm. Okay, I don't want to make too many jokes on that, but sorry for that. Uh, so you said that actually you are really acting from your sofa if you would have been in the team car or whatever. But are you also you also faking that something like I don't know putting putting a fake door of a car in front of you or sitting in a super uncomfortable chair with uh moving the wheel the driving wheel or oh, no, sorry it's just a joke it's really bad.
1: No, no, I mean I, I had the I had the same um same idea myself but i should try and get um get get rosie to uh drive on like the xbox and have some driving game and then together we can create the full experience um which which is ridiculous part of the thing which i really like about it is the fact that some people are really passionate and really love e-racing and then a whole other group of people think it's completely stupid and it's the whole thing's ridiculous and for me that's like really interesting. I'd I really hate to do something where everyone's like eh, No opinion um, So where people have really differing views on a on a, a topic for me? That's where it's where it's really interesting. So I I also have a, a a Level of objectivity where I can also see that there are some things about it, which are kind of silly But for me, that's kind of fun
0: well anyways, it's something that's really a uh in any case in the world it's something like okay you're riding in your room by yourself indoor and whatever but still you are doing it with somebody else you have the possibility the opportunity to communicate between each other between the team and things like this but, but then i would say that on a small side it is as well as so, there's as well a social side on that that is the part that i prefer action
1: definitely i mean um it was a couple of weeks back now um a friend, a friend of mine, he was um, he was moving from Berlin uh, back to the Netherlands, and we talked about going for a ride. But the weather was absolutely awful, so instead of um, instead of just not going for a ride at all, we did like a meetup on Zwift, and um, and it was it was myself, Matthias, and uh, one of my other teammates um, from my uh, road team. Um, we we all met up and it was absolutely hilarious. I don't think I've ever laughed that much um on a bike. Yeah. Um so there's and of course, yeah, we did do all the communication through um through Discord. And uh it was absolutely hilarious. And do you know afterwards we got off we got off the bikes, uh we went and showered and then we all went for a beer afterwards. lucky
0: exactly um, like a bike ride. Exactly. Yeah classic in the spirit but funnier <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure at least not cold and not completely soaked with water
1: yeah just soaked with sweat
0: yeah exactly so uh, it's okay makes sense um okay so you mentioned that actually you built up the team do you pitch the ideas you are a ds on that we are going to go through a couple of those points starting with the ds the, the sportive director um role how you sh- no okay, let's go directly on this point. How did you choose how did you make the um the selection of the riders that would actually build your team? How did it happen?
1: yeah, so um, it's quite funny because the team we ended up with was really different to the team that I originally planned, and uh for me, that's actually a good thing like the group of riders that we have now are 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 an amazing um group of people um so i'm kind of lucky it worked out that way um well funnily enough so there was a guy that i was talking to a guy called lean or lionel depending how you want to pronounce it mm-hmm. from where in the world you are he um i'd been talking to him because he was looking for a team and he was racing for the Rafa rcc and he wanted to join a team and i had this i already had this idea of doing this proper team but i was um i hadn't hadn't rejoined um Canyon at the time so I had this uh, team called the Renegades um which I was working on and so I'd, I was already talking to him and I knew that he'd he'd won a CVR um World Cup in a live final in Vancouver mm-hmm. so I knew he was a strong rider and then when it when I got the green light to actually build the team he was actually the first person that I just messaged and I said hey are you interested in doing it and um Instantly, he was like, Yes, for sure, uh, 100%. Mm. Um, And then through him, I was able to basically, you know, he recommended a few different people. And then on uh, on a website called Swift Power, you can see the world rankings of different riders. And so I basically um, built the team with a mixture of um, looking for people, checking their rankings and performance in races on Swift Power. Um, looking at people who actually had relationships or knew each other or could work together or uh, could bring different things to the table. so um after after I brought Lionel on, um, I brought on a, a guy called Steve Young, who at the time was the highest ranked Swift um, rider in the world. and he's 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 still uh, still in the top three. um and then he kind of came as a package, so another guy called James Phillips from Wales. Those two guys kind of really know each other, race together, trust each other. And um, so it made sense to kind of get them um, both on board. And they, those three had all raced together also in, in I think it was the same live final um, in in Vancouver. So they already knew each other. So it kind of seemed like a perfect grouping there. Um, and then the fourth guy I brought on was this guy called Philip Degner. He lives in Hamburg and you know his his ftp was just you know insane um so i brought him on because he seemed like a really like a, a workhorse you know someone who we could potentially um use to um really put some pressure on to the to the digital peloton um and then i wasn't really sure about who i was going to bring on as on the for the fifth on the men's side and then in the end after we'd sort of announced the team, so we announced the team originally with four men and four women, knowing that I wanted to bring on a couple more. And then everyone started messaging those guys saying, how can I join the team? How can I join the team? Um, and then one of those guys is a, a guy in New Zealand called Alex West. And um, I didn't want to really bring anybody on outside of Europe. I wanted to keep everyone in the same time zone to make it really easy. Logistically, it's easy, blah, 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 but, um, Alex was, he was in the final of the Men's VIFT Academy, a super strong rider. And he, we kind of came to the agreement, that yeah, actually this kind of made sense. Uh, In New Zealand, they're 12 hours ahead. So when the team's racing at 9 p.m. at night, he's racing at 9 a.m. in the morning. So it just kind of worked out. So I think between Steve Young, Alex, Lionel, James is having an amazing comeback after breaking his legs. Uh, and Philip, um, the that was that was the men's team, and to be honest, like couldn't really be happy with those those five guys. And and then on the women's team, um, there were uh, most of the women actually came out through the um, the Zwift Academy. Um, okay. okay. So that's whereas it, it was quite quite different. So there's there's no. There's no Zwift Academy for, for men, um, apart from there's the Dimension Data one, but that's only for juniors, for young guys. Oh, okay. Um, so that's where, you know, Alex West is young enough to be in that. I mean, the, the rest of them are, are, are too old. Um, uh, as where the women were, so it's a mixture of ages, but I found a lot of them through that. So um, there was um, Siri um, Hildenen. She was a, a Zwift Academy finalist. 2 years ago i believe um Natalie Eklund from from Sweden um she was a semi finalist this year uh Eva Buchholz she was a semi finalist this year uh Laura Van der she was a semi finalist this year so actually finding the women was a lot um yeah in in the grand scheme of things a lot easier and then um we had uh there's also Christian Falk Kristin Falk who from Norway and she's the Norwegian Zwift uh, national champion. So uh I actually found her through through Zwift power. Um and that's how we kind of brought her on board. So uh it was very different for the men and the women's team how I actually found the the people and uh, and brought them into things.
0: Yeah. Um I want to ask you actually a technical question because you as director, so a sportive director, you are also taking care about their training or not? And second question straight away after that. How do usually, um, yes, a professional, let's call it in that way, a professional Swift racer train? Question. Do they train inside or outside? Uh,
1: they they do both. Um, yeah, so I, I'm probably not as involved um, with the, the day-to-day training um, as I... It's probably I would say it's not my role to do that. Um, I think in the future we will probably bring in um, someone to actually act as a coach um, for the whole team. Uh, definitely the plan. At the moment, so we have a shared uh, race calendar uh, for the for the entire year, and and with that, it's kind of my job to make sure that everyone's. Um, you know filled out what it is that they're going to be doing throughout the week make sure people are doing the same races make sure we have enough people to do the main race which is on a Thursday night um and just make sure everyone's like well rested got the things that they need um and i the thing is these these guys are all at the as far as the the racing goes they are all at the top of their game so anything I there's nothing I can really offer them on that front. I mean, just to take as an example, um yeah. well, two examples. So one, we no, it's the same example actually. So we just had the Zwift National Championships, right? Um on on, on Sunday, just gone. And um Christen Falk in Norway, she won it. So she's she'll retain her title. Um we had if Buchholz. She retains her title. Um, so that's... Uh, they, haven't, they haven't announced the official um, results yet, but there's at least... There should be two that we have there in the women's team. Um, in the men's uh, side of things, you know, Philip came second in Germany. Um, Lionel came second in Belgium. Wow. Um, so every nearly everyone featured on the podium. Natalie uh, in Sweden which was just really unlucky. She came second she unclipped unfortunately in the final sprint Damn it. um so it felt really bad for her um and then james and uh, steve they were racing in the um the the uk national championships or great british great britain national championships and um that was a stacked field Um uh, there were there were some there were pro riders in that wow um and um it came down to a bunch sprint at the very end and Steve from our team won it, and um, uh, James Phillips came third oh, yes. in that. And, you know, and they're racing against guys from, like, Madison Genesis, who, you know, they're paid to ride bikes out. Yeah. Um, so for them to win in that sprint was really impressive. And now those two, two guys uh, will be going to a live final. Um, That's two of our team will be part of 10 riders who race um in a live final to 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 get the um the national championship jersey uh for Great Britain um so i you know when they're already beating um most of the other uh racers um uh riding on swift i just there's nothing i can really offer them yeah. for to to improve their training so
0: yeah, the thing that you can do actually, then it sounds like your main role out there is really to to support them in all in all the information that they would need during the race, and also support them in terms of, um, let's say, also giving them a bit more super moral support on what they can still do and things like this. This is your main
1: role. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When I when I'm when I'm doing the um, when I'm on the race radio with them, um, I'm really just feeding them information um and then we do we do have some team tactics um which we try we try to execute um and obviously there's an element of, of moral support um which is which is really important i think uh when you're when you're putting in a big effort say to to break away or you know attack on a climb or something uh, i think it really helps to have someone talking in your ear giving you that, that encouragement. Um, It's just that psychological um, aspect, which uh, you probably miss if you're just racing um, and you've got only your own voice. Um, So I think it's really important from that side of things. So, yeah, I'm much more of a organizer in all aspects um, of the team. Uh, But I think in the future, I definitely see it uh, growing. I mean, the team's only really been together for less than a month um so there's huge scope for us to grow and develop
0: yes um something that i wanted to ask you and is about really mostly about the differences between racing uh on swift and racing outdoor because how would you actually how do you actually uh, organize the tactics of the team and things like this because there is something that is missing that i believe is really crucial uh between the indoor cycling and the outdoor side so in the indoor cycling is missing the aerodynamic factor because you know if you are just going 50 kilometers per hour for example on a flat play on a flat road uh you actually it makes a lot of difference in terms of what if you are following or you are pulling the peloton right while Riding on Swift is almost the same. If you need to go 50 kilometers, let's say 50 km per hour, you need this quantity of watts, let's say 400 watts, no matter if you are following or if you are leading. And this is actually the main part of the tactics, something like putting somebody to pull uh, their captain in order to win and stuff like this. How is actually that you're organizing the tactics in that way in the or- in the indoor cycling?
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so th- there there are... Aerodynamic advantages of being okay. uh, in a group. Uh, so you see when you're when you're if you're if you ride behind someone um, You can you can notice uh, the the avatar like sits up and that kind of shows that you're um, You're you, you've got a, a an aspect of draft and there's basically two systems in Swift as it currently stands you have uh, you have double drafts and I don't know what they call it—single draft or normal mm-hmm. draft—and this depends like what aerodynamic advantage you get. And um, generally speaking, a lot of these races, um, it it is always more beneficial to be in a group. So when you have enough riders riding together, there's this thing, there's an effect called the blob, and this makes everyone ride faster together. And if you have a if you have a uh, a, a top uh, trainer. So like I have, I have a Wahoo kicker. Mm-hmm. You, you can actually kind of notice a slight difference when you're riding in that, especially if you have a, if you have a flywheel, which takes off some of the, the pressure so you're not always pushing against the same resistance, um, which is something you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't feel a difference if you're using a traditional uh, dumb trainer okay. because you've always, you've always got to push the same amount regardless. Um so if you have a if if you have a a top trainer like a wahoo kicker, then you can slightly notice the difference so tactically i would say most of the time it's very hard to do a to do a breakaway um mm. even with 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 double draft or single draft it's it's very difficult to do that so normally you're looking for something like a climb um where it really is going to you know make a difference so you're going to be able to split the group. Um, And here normally I'd say most of splits that happen, it's normally going to happen around the climb and luckily there's lots of climbs uh, on Zwift. So I would say that's often what we look for. The guys have have ridden all of the courses, um, so they know them very well. So we're able to have a chat and say where is it where we think we can go, and a lot of the time it also relies on, you know, what happens with other riders because it is so difficult to get away in a, in a sort of breakaway. Um, we often we're just watching what other people want to do. And uh, but because we have the race radio as well, we can sometimes say, right, go off the front on this uh, next climb or try and get away in the descent um, and then just see uh basically and then keep some riders back in the in the in the main group uh but I'd say most of the time it comes down to a, a bunch sprint but the tactics really about how can we help break up the group so there's as few people in that bunch sprint at the end you know as possible um so you just have a higher probability of of winning basically um and that's pretty much how the 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 tactics uh, come down to it um otherwise you the the thing which a lot of people don't realize is that it's like a cyclocross race when you start you are sprinting almost um max as hard as you can for the le- for at least the most for the first 30 seconds out of the pen so that you are at the at the front of that group um a lot of people and you've seen this in the Kiss Super League uh, some of the teams got caught out by that in the first few races where they didn't realize that um you just had to go as hard as you can at the beginning and then it and then even then for the next couple of minutes you're still riding well above threshold um until it until it calms down a bit so make sure you've got a really fast start um be in that front group and then look and have a good knowledge of the map to figure out where you can break up that group um yeah, that's that's pretty much how the the, the tactics work on, on in a Swift race.
0: Cool. And still talking about what it is actually the Swift racing and what is going to happen. Are there any other teams super well organized and really built to win like yours?
1: Um, I mean, I'd say that say there are. Um, there's just probably um, I'd say it would be unfair for me to say that we're the only. Um, e-racing team um, out there. Um, however, we're possibly a lot more organised um, than some of the some of the other teams. We definitely like every all of our riders all have the the same top of the range equipment, so they're um, they have no worries in um, in that regard. So I think that's where we're we 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 kind of differ, um, but there's definitely riders from other teams who are really strong. Um, I mean, there's uh, There's teams like draft and innovation um, and and vision. Uh, I would say draft and uh, innovation are probably the, the other two that really stand out for me. Okay. Um, They have some really strong riders and, uh, generally speaking, I think the, the people on those, those teams have, have, have good relationships. Um, but they're set up differently, you know, innovation and, uh, and, um, uh, innovation and draft, you know, they're huge. Uh, there's huge amounts of, of people. Um, so they're, because I guess it's a pro and a con depending on how you look at it. Uh, I mean, all of our riders have everything that they need. Mm-hmm but that's obviously you can't that's not scalable and you wouldn't want to scale it part of the the pro is that we have a small tight knit group uh but on the other side a team like Drafter Innovation can potentially you know they could have thousands of people on their team to to choose from so um that's obviously where we kind of we differ we're the only team really I'd say which is like we we have a finite amount of riders and we stick to that so uh, but definitely, there, 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 there are other riders out there who are super strong, and definitely give our team um, a run for our money for sure.
0: Okay. And uh, another thing that I wanted to ask you is that how so because it's pretty clear that ry- racing on Swift and racing outdoor is pretty different. I think it's clear. And uh, do you see actually the Swift racing becoming really a thing with its own season? and with his own, take it like it is, but his own pro cyclist doing only that and training only to win indoor, is going to happen something like this? Is it already like this? Or do you see, actually, I don't know, also pros, even if they are already doing it, but also pros taking part of it, or is going to be only two separate things? Pro racing, outdoor, and pro swift racing.
1: I mean, my, my personal belief is that, I mean, with the, with the KISS, um, super league, um, which Zwift launched, um, I don't know how long ago, uh, at least the men's launched about four weeks ago, I think, you know, there's, um, and the women's launched two weeks ago, you know, there's, there's pro teams now racing on Swift. Okay. They're, they're pro continental, um, and continental. They're not world tour teams. Um, but you see especially with with Madison Genesis these guys are taking it seriously um, now like they they're racing to win Um, I mean Ian Bibby for example he is he's been a bit of a force um, in the Kiss Super League so um, and it's the same uh, when it comes down to the uh, British uh, National Championships I mean there was, in the top 12, I think, there was four Madison Genesis riders. Um, so they worked as a team uh, in that, um, which, from my side, is really cool. I think, I think it's great, and it was even better than the fact that my, uh, my riders beat them all That's <laughs> in great. that race. <laughs> um, so, and it's the same, Alex West, um, he's also won one of the races in the Kiss Super League, so beating, um, I don't know how many pro... Uh, teams pro continental teams there are in there i think there's mm-hmm. eight um, so he beat everyone um so that was an amazing moment uh for him and, and for us as well and um yeah i see the the trajectory for me seems obvious it feels like uh within a year or two we'll see um world tour uh, riders uh racing um on it maybe not to the same level as we currently see coming from the community riders uh, and um, but I could see it getting to the point, like with football teams, where maybe they have a separate um, a separate squad which only races uh, on Swift, and they mix it with some of the uh, World Tour riders. Um, I could see I could see it getting to that once the once the money's there, because let's be honest, the 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 financial situation for a lot of teams, uh, World Tour teams, is very sketchy um it just takes their lead sponsor to drop out and that team could be gone forever so yes uh, i think if the money is there then absolutely the, the world tour teams will be there and, and whatever shape that takes uh that's the way i see it going so that's part of the reason why you know the canyon it makes sense because we're doing this before anybody mm-hmm. else and that gives us you know a year or so uh, of learning um before so you know we have two world tour teams uh so we'll be able to kind of apply what we learned through the canyon zcc team and and apply that to any world tour team that might uh be involved with e-racing in the future
0: and so this is the question actually from the world team tour whatever the pro tour outdoor going into swift what about the other way around because this is something that already happens with the with the swift academy especially in the women's side uh we have seen actually uh girls w- women starting from the uh, swift academy and then going into the uh, pro peloton but do you think that actually we can see in the future somebody coming out from swift from swift racing and going directly into the pro tour continental or pro tour
1: um yeah i mean i think definitely um i think you know swift is a great uh talent program um for sure. I mean, obviously, the Zwift Academy is uh, has proven um, that you can find talent on Zwift and bring them into the World Tour. Um, I think that's very evident with um, Tanya Eraf, who um, seems to be doing very well. I mean, I guess the, the, the difference with her is that, you know, she was you know very well known on the uh, fixed gear yeah. um, racing um, scene so she had that experience of racing offline as well as showing that she had the numbers uh, racing online um so it's definitely a great um a great way of uh finding talent and um yeah i think that's only going to grow i think i've seen a few other things i think where some of the um uh federations are actually looking at how they can uh bring on board uh how they can use swift to, to to find talent um and i what i also think is really interesting is like yeah the the i think it's going to work both ways i really think the the lines are going to blur a bit more um i think you'll see a lot more pros using racing online um as a as a for practice in the off season um i think you'll see some pros uh, in the future, I think you'll see pros retiring potentially from the World Tour and then just focusing, maybe do a few years racing on Zwift. Um, I think it's um, it's just, yeah, the the lines are going to get more blurred and there's going to be more people going back and forth but between the two. Uh, yeah, I just think that's inevitable. Yeah,
0: this would be great. It's like, just because we have this kind of red line that is following us between the, from the beginning till now of the episode is... Something like as well the the cyclocross, right? You have some riders that are starting with cyclocross. I don't know Zanek Z, Z- Zanek Zbar. What the hell? I, I cannot pronounce him, but you got it right. <laughs> Stebar Zanek yeah, yeah. Stebar, and um, he actually started as great champion in the cyclocross. Now is in the World Tour, and um, then okay, he was actually this year. He made a couple of uh, sneaky moves inside of the cyclocross again. And you never know that probably in the future it's going to be also on Swift. Is this kind of being inside of different world of cycling from here to there? Because at the end of the day, it's everything in cycling.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at, um, I'd say, you know, look at what Wout Van Aert did last season. And then you have Mathieu van der Poel, who's absolutely crushed it in the cyclocross season this year. Uh, but he's going to be racing a lot of the semi-classics. He'll be racing um, Tour of Flanders, uh, Amstel Gold. Um, yeah, wearing the jersey yeah. of
0: national champions
1: of all Exactly. Yeah. So he got the um, Dutch National Road Championship yeah. title, but he doesn't even really race on the road. So uh, it's going to be absolutely fascinating seeing that uh crossover occur as
0: well yeah exactly so it's going to be really everything i really like your definition that when you said okay the lines are going to be really blurred because yeah everything is cycling And at the end of the day if you have talent and if you have the possibility of prove your talent you are good in all the disciplines mostly most all of the disciplines
1: yeah and i think um i don't i don't know if e-racing will ever get to this point where you know there's you know like small stadiums, uh, filled with people watching the racing, uh, happen on a massive screen behind them. Uh, but there's the potential there for that to happen, but there's something in that, which, um, is still, some people might say, oh, it's really sad, you know, to watch people race on an inline game, uh, online game, uh, indoors. Um, but there's something, it's something something different about that and i think there's you know with if there's this uh gamified aspect where these you know you have these power-ups um at the moment it's all about just pushing as much power as you can and making sure that you're drafting as much as you can where necessary but i see this this is this is swift racing at its almost most basic um i am almost certain that we'll see um, new advances in software and hardware which make racing much more involved for the riders. Um, and I think that's going to become make it more of an experience to go to go watch these sort of things. Um, and being able to just go to one place to watch for an hour or two hours of, of racing is slightly different to and you might be able to fit that in better than going to stand on the side of the road in uh Know, the middle of nowhere France or in in the Alps, yeah um, it takes a lot of effort to, to go do that. And it's that's an amazing experience, but not everyone could do that. So maybe there's there's something in in this future of E racing which makes it also a little bit more accessible, I suppose. Um, and people can fit it into the everyday lives.
0: Yeah, it's true. And whatever, it can be night, can be morning, can be when you want. Winter.
1: Yeah. I mean so I, I race on the road and there's not there's no one watching. Really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is pro- which is probably just
0: as well. I've done it once or twice though. But yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, so you know, there's not people coming out to watch a lot of the road races um that happen, you know, at the lower level. So, you know, I think there's the potential for uh for people to, you know, race in front of a crowd in a way that they wouldn't actually be able to. And uh me that's 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 kind of that, that's interesting and exciting yeah
0: yeah yeah true so Aris then we are going through the last question what's next what's next for the ZCC and for you as well as you want
1: sure um I mean so at the moment the uh, the team are fully focused on racing the Zwift community league uh that is um it's basically a league which sits below the super league which is what the pros race in and that is um an eight-week league um with you know at the end of it then there's team rankings so you know the goal is to win that team ranking that'll be and this is the first kind of super league uh, this is the first community league of its kind, so our goal is focused on that. Okay, um, we'd love to win it from the men's side and the women's side, um, and that that pretty much takes us up to the summer, where the team will naturally uh, take a break until uh, we come back to winter again. Uh, so that's that's purely what we're focused on at the moment. Of course, we have the um, we have the live um, uh, British National Championships um, coming up. Uh, so that's another focus for for James, Steve, and myself. Um, yeah, so that's what we're focusing on. And then um, I think in the future we're going to look to expand the team. Um, at the moment we're 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 we're, we're ten, uh, but we're all based uh, more or less in one time zone. And I I would really like to expand that out so that we're also in able to race in in American time zones or. Or, or race in, you know, have some team riders based in Japan, South Korea, Australia. So that's where I I, I see it going. So it's truly a global team. Um, and, and that's that's my ambition. Um, and then for myself, I've got to try and <laughs> like navigate that, uh, that ship. Um, and it's really interesting and exciting for me because, of course, I don't know where it's going. Um, yeah, so for me, that's it's super enjoyable i mean it's, it takes a lot of work but um uh, that makes uh part of you know it's part of my job and for me that's it's an exciting thing it's a thing i look forward to i don't mind spending my spare time you know working with these these group of riders um and uh and watching them race and helping them um achieve achieve their goals as well so yeah, it's 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 really fulfilling for me and uh, i just look forward to um, expanding on that cool
0: and where can we find you Riz so where we can, can we find the ZCC and everything all the content that are over there if you want to follow it in social media also doing the races what can what shall we do uh,
1: so the easiest way is to follow us on instagram so that's just at canyon ZCC um super easy um of course you can follow the riders on Zwift um So if you look on our Instagram, then you'll be able to find all the names of the uh, riders. And then if you go on the Zwift Companion app, then you can just search for them and and follow them. Okay. Um, And then the the other part I would say is that um, all of our riders also live stream uh, their races on Twitch. Okay. Um, So if you go on to twitch.tv and you you look under Zwift um, Cycling, and then you'll easily be able to find our um uh our riders because they've all got the same branded uh layout uh, which looks just like the their kit so it's very easy to to see them and then you can either watch their live races through their twitch accounts or you can um you can watch through Zwift community live which is uh run by Nathan Guerra and Greg Leo and those guys do live commentary on all of the races um and they stream on everything so facebook uh youtube twitch mixer um, and it's a really nice way to watch it as well so you can watch them um give live commentary on the racing um which which adds another dimension which perhaps uh, might be missing if you were just watching um it's for your own Zwift account so
0: yeah, 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 it makes sense. Do you also have a Twitch account where we can follow you giving instruction to your boys or girls or to your teammates? Or it's completely secret because you don't want to give advantage to the to the competitors?
1: At the moment, it's completely secret. Um, but we have discussed uh, whether that would be um, potentially interesting. Um, that's also just more of a something for me to figure out, like making sure that I'm uh, pulling in the right audio uh, from uh, from our Discord uh, channel, uh, so there's there's obviously there's some learning for me because I'm not from a world of live streaming, and so I've had to teach myself how to use these uh, these tools and, and get the most out of it. That's why before we had started this conversation, I was asking you about like microphones and um, and stuff. So yeah, it's I think it's still very early days and we're myself and I think, um, the guys at Canyon and the riders, we're all looking at what are the best ways to do all of these things. And you're definitely going to see it kind of develop out. Uh, I would like to at some point be able to offer a, a live stream, which has, it pulls in some of the different riders, um, their own live streams into our one. And, uh, in uh some of the race radio and some of the real time and maybe pull in some of nathan's stuff i'm still trying to figure it out you know at the moment nathan with the ziff community live live stream is like the number one place to go uh, but i'm really keen to figure out how can i build something which is also you know uh works really nicely with what he's doing from a live commentary standpoint what can i do which adds value to that kind of watching experience so still in the process of 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 figuring um that out at the moment so i would say watch the swift community live follow us on instagram uh, follow the riders on on swift give them a ride on uh, when mm-hmm. they're racing and yeah i think um as well in the future you're going to see a lot a lot more from from this team um we're kind of going a little bit under the radar at the moment but I say definitely expect to see some some more from us um, in the future. We definitely want to kind of get more people involved with with e racing and and with the team and um, try and give fans um, some kind of you know more access and uh, to this team that maybe they wouldn't have with a with a more traditional team. So um i'd say watch this space
0: we will and actually i am i would love actually in the future to see a live streaming of yourself leading your team uh even just an audio contributes would be great so think about that because i want to listen to that at least or watch it even better yeah perfect ris it was really a pleasure do you want to add something
1: no i feel like i um i have i have shared everything i can think of to do with um um, e racing. I, I was going to say, like, oh, make sure you watch uh tonight. Well, this is a message for you then, Stefano, because I think uh, oh, okay, say
0: it to me. Tell him, tell me, tell me when it's going to happen. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, you've got you to gotta watch the 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 race tonight, so 9 p.m. CET. Um, so and it, it happens every uh Thursday at the same time. Um, follows with Community Live, watch their live stream. Um, and check out the race and cheer on for, cheer on for our team. Um, get your first taste of uh you know what our teams doing in the racing?
0: I will, I will for sure. and anyways, I'm gonna say uh, the results right away when this episode is going to be live. and then uh, the races are going to happen for the next six weeks, right? Yeah, okay, so there's going be one uh, going to be races till uh April, I would say, so yeah, great to know.
1: Yeah, so um that's kind of the perfect cutoff point, I think. And uh, and then really it's time for everyone to get outside and uh... It's
0: time for Liege baston Liege that they've never done, oh, and for the Flanders for you that you've never done. But that's another story. This is an episode that happened one year ago, not now.
1: Well, for fans <laughs> of the um Reese on the Brumvagun, um, they'll be able to follow this and then maybe if I'm really lucky, you'll invite me on for a third time one day, uh, maybe in another year's time. And then we can see whether we've actually achieved the things that we did in the, in the first, the things we talked about in the first podcast.
0: You know what could happen, actually, that probably next time is going to be you invited me inviting me to your media.
1: It's a possibility.
0: Yeah, everything is changing. Actually, from one year to the other, I was not expecting to be here interviewing you again in Canyon, doing something completely new. So you don't know what is going to happen next year.
1: It's true. Well, if 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 at some point I'm in the position to bring on board other people to talk, you are going to absolutely uh, be one of the first people. Um, you you're 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 right at the front of the queue. <laughs> okay, thank you, man. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. <laughs>
0: Well, Riz, I will talk to you soon, soon, soon. I uh, will continue follow you, and we are gonna probably also the other people are gonna listen to our voices again in one year. So take care and talk to you soon. Yeah, ciao soon. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Okay, we have missed something, or probably this is something that is gonna happen at the beginning of the whole interview. By the way, Riz, I think that we forgot to say hi and also to sh- to something like to throw to throw the blame on somebody, right? Do you want to say something?
1: Oh wow. I think um we we forgot to mention the name uh Brady Lawrence who, For example yeah who was um who was on your uh, podcast um not that long ago and um he I mean he should be um ashamed of himself for 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 getting a memory of myself completely wrong. Or he, he at least um he mixed two different memories together uh, to make possibly a more interesting memory. Uh, <laughs> but it, it was
0: actually the memory that he shared with us. It was amazing. And something that probably confused him was the color of your bike. Yeah. I mean,
1: the, it was just really, I was listening to it and going like, what is he talking about? And I had to really sit down and think about like, I had to think about what it was. And, um, I mean, it, it it was like i was riding the wrong bike i was riding a um a um a cross-country um bike i was riding a, a canyon exceed and i was doing enduro trails and i don't ride mountain bike like at all and i was mm-hmm. absolutely like terrified um of doing it so there was just like there was one point where i was just like I this and i didn't have a dropper seat post so you have the seat post up really high, so it's really far, leaning really far forwards. And in the end, I rode down this whole section just riding on the top of the um, the top tube. Um, and they were... <laughs> Like, <laughs> like Chris Froome, and uh, exactly, they were, course, I was exactly <laughs> thinking about that. I can think,
0: I can visualize yourself riding something like a cross-country bike on the
1: top tube in a in a really rough downhill. Yeah, and they were all expecting me to absolutely stack it, and uh, they were all at the bottom because they were riding like you know full suspension bike. Uh, yeah, and, and I, in my head, I was of the belief that this was the safest way to do it, and. Um, uh, apparently not and uh, but I did I got down um safely enough so that's what uh brady was mixing up that memory with um us re- doing the rafa prestige which is like some really gnarly gravel uh riding through the through germany and the Czech republic um so shame on you brady for 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 lying um but yeah, come on. I I don't want to I
0: don't want to uh, put take the um, the defences of Brady. But actually, come on, a story of you doing the Rafa Prestige that, as you were mentioning, is a pretty gnarly, uh, gravel road, a uh, gravel ride with your red aerod. It was hilarious.
1: Yeah, um, I nearly did that this year actually, uh, but I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so no. it,
0: because it was so you man it was completely you when he told me that i said okay i can visualize i can visualize reese doing it
1: yeah i mean uh i mean i know i ride my road every time i do a, 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 a normal road ride and i think i have a little bit of a reputation with the um raffer rcc here in berlin for for whenever i can i'll try and take people off on some gravel off-road section And so I have a bit of reputation to do it. And that that I'll use my aero. Because to be honest, you can ride an aero bike off-road. As long as it's not wet, you can do it. And uh, I'm a big proponent. I'm a big fan of doing that. So uh, it's not completely outside of the realm of possibility. Um, But I think it's just the fact that I feel like Brady getting that wrong and getting it wrong on a recording, you know, it's kind of like a bit of a... Michael Cohen move that one Brady.
0: <laughs> I love this. Quote. Also, I can love. I really love this image.
1: Yeah, I mean, Brady is big into his politics. That's what we've often uh, bonded over our our love mixture of disdain with politics. So I'm sure he'll appreciate the uh, the Michael Cohen uh, reference. So,
0: for sure. Cool then. Then. Thanks a lot, Reese. I think that, Brady, you have your word now, and then we can shut it down.
1: Yeah. And oh, lastly, I'll say, excellent, excellent podcast, that one, Brady. So um, um, next time I see you, you can buy you, you can buy me a beer, and I'll buy you a beer back.
0: Exactly. And you need to buy a beer my, to myself as well, that I'm putting you all on record. That's so. true.
1: It's a round. Exactly. I'll get the exactly. round in.
0: I'm going to get one for the both of you because you were so patient on listening to my bullshit all the time. And then you can buy me a beer.
1: So it's fine. That's a lot of beer on the table, but that's fine. I'm good Oh, uh, We can call it Rafa Prestige, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> ciao. Ciao, ciao.
0: So, first of all, hi Brady, hi. <laughs> and we wanted just to make something like a small correction on your memory, but I can tell you, and probably Reese agrees with me, that your memory was, well, let's say, way better painted than the real, the real episode that happened. And uh, yeah, anyways, already I'm thinking about Reese going downhill on a cross country bike really rough tarmac, sorry, surface on the top tube. It's super hilarious and it is so him, really, really, really so him. I would love just to give you an update on the results of the Canyon ZCC in the KISS Community League, uh, of all the results that happened on the last Thursday. Yeah, as you remember, Maris was mentioning it. Uh, in the KISS Community League, Women and men, all the Thursdays at 9 o'clock on Central Europe time. Here is the time where the events are happening. Well, on Thursday, let's start from the women peloton and uh, on Thursday there was Innsbrucking, and I believe that it's actually four laps into the World Championship loop that happened in Innsbruck last year, 2018. Well, this was the course, this was on obviously on Swift, and I can say that the results for the women peloton were pretty great, because we got one, two, three... one, two, and three. No, let me check on the A-League better. One, two, three, and four. Four. Uh, four of the ZCC, and I'm talking about Natalie and Christine and Eva Catherine and Laura, they were actually from the Canyon ZCC. So four out of ten were of the of Squad. And that's really interesting and amazing. Results and that's great. So the win, the yeah, the win went to Luis Olbach of the Innovation Team, but in fourth position there was uh, Natalie Eklund of the ZCC Canyon ZCC, and that's great. In the general classification, I can tell you that Canyon ZCC is in second position, and um, just following the Innovation Team. You remember, also Riz was talking about this team that was huge. Well, Innovation Team is first, is first, and. Uh, after more or less 48, 48 points, the Canyon ZCC is following in second position. So come on girls, go there and win it. While in the main peloton, there was the same race, exactly the same race, probably with a bit no same laps, everything together, same thing. And Alex and Philip were second and third position. Uh, on this race, just following Sam Bike, her name, over there, and also here in the first 10 position, 3 out of 10, where of the Z- Canyon ZCC uh, team, while in the general classification, the Canyon ZCC team is actually in uh, first position, in front of the innovation team. Great, 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 and grand, and well done. While actually in the singular place, so not in the team, but just in the single athlete place, there are Alex and Philip that are second and third on uh, on in, classifi- in the classification while Sandbike is first. But actually I can tell you that Alex is just two points from Sandbike and Philip is four points from Sandbike. So a long way to go and uh, good vibration in order to win. <clears throat> Sorry people, I'm losing my voice, uh, probably because it's time to shut this episode down. So just remember that 3Ts always with me in this adventure of Broomwagon, plus I want to tell you as well that you can write me hello at calamaro.cc, that's my email, and don't forget about Instagram and Facebook, both calamaro.cc, and then raid calamaro on Twitter, and then look for this episode on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcast and Google Podcast, And please don't forget to share this episode in all your social media and on everybody who is interested into e-racing, Swift racing and everything that is related to that. Um, do I want to know something else? Yeah. Uh, even if you would like, for example, to have me on racing on Swift or stuff like this for next season, forget about it. Ne- it never happened. But for sure, you're going to find Simon of the Eppinger team doing it here and there. So if you want somebody that is involved in the broom wagon, you have race for sure, racing on Swift. Please, ask to Simon or ask to Reese. It's not my thing, sorry, it would never have been my thing. But I'm pretty interesting, I'm following the races really, really often. And maybe just for yourself, remember that you can still follow all the races around on Thursday at nine o'clock on the Swift Community Live. There's a YouTube channel and whatever like this advertisement if it is not my thing you know that it's advertising free this podcast but yeah when you have to follow something cool i can just shut out on it for now i don't shut out because i need to move out and say goodbye <laughs>